Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. I am terrible at everything. I can't even brush my teeth properly, so who am I to say anything about anybody else? However, as here at What Culture, we want to talk about everything, we reached out to the world and did indeed ask the question, which wrestlers are the worst at a very specific thing? And surprisingly, we got a lot of responses. So you'll agree with some, you won't agree with others, but let's not forget that everybody in this list still made it to the big time, which is saying something not easy. And yes, I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do subscribe. This is 10 Wrestlers who are the worst in the world at one thing. Number 10, Heidenreich and selling. Feels important to say that every aspect of wrestling is difficult, but yeah, selling or the art of conveying pain and suffering to the audience is important. Aside from ensuring that all the moves look like they hurt, it's also the perfect tool for getting fans on your side. If you look like you're about to die and the crowd doesn't want that, they're going to start cheering. The reason Heidenreich gets the nod here for being bad at it isn't even down to what he did or didn't do, it's the fact that the man was so damn funny. Because instead of showing anguish on his face, he would quite literally scream ow or ouch very loudly I'm not kidding. And yeah, sure, if somebody smacks you, I imagine you would make a noise. But this isn't stubbing your toe in the lounge. It's pro wrestling and you have to give a bit more. I tell you, though, this was entertaining for all the wrong reasons. It used to crack me up. Number nine, Ruby Soho and the shocked kickout face. This isn't fair to Ruby Soho because nearly every wrestler should be here. John Cena, The Undertaker, Sheamus, everyone. It's become a wrestling trope which is wildly out of control because if you hit your big move and somebody kicks out for some reason, you have to react like they've turned into a ghost and it can work but the problem is we've all started to do it so it just becomes one and the same i think ruby is mentioned with this because it's more recent as during the owen hart tournament in 2022 it looked like she had done away with chris statlander and when she got her shoulder up soho's eyes quite literally came out of her head i mean no it wasn't literal that would be ridiculous and somewhat impressive you can definitely argue this as much like heidenreichs it's entertaining so does it really matter the answer is no but yeah people see this gif and are like what is going on you would think alien life had arrived in AEW. Number eight, Shane McMahon and punches. This isn't even me saying this one. Chris Jericho and a bunch of others have openly talked about it, with Jericho even saying on one occasion he had to batter Shane McMahon for real to calm him down. Even without this, you can see it happening in front of your eyes. Go watch some of the shots he lands on Randy Orton without wincing, because my word, he is just waffling this guy who is doing his best to cover up. And look, trying to pull a punch so you don't twonk someone while also making it look legit is hard, but if if you can't do it, 
Just do something else. Really, this got taken over by the wrestling community as McMahon got to throw these bombs at everyone, no matter who they were. Just think it upset certain fans as other full-timers weren't even allowed to give some of them a slam. But I tell you, that's sports entertainment. Number seven, Tyrus and the Big Splash. So this one seems a tad unbalanced, as it seems to come from the fact that ever since arriving in the NWA, Tyrus would do his Big Splash from the second rope and clearly land on his knees first. Okay, but what do you want him to do? Kill the guy? I think this is the best of the two options. The former Brodus Clay is also on the other end of his career, so protecting himself is going to be far more important. But sure, if we are going to look at this from a technical perspective, this is more Snoop Dogg than Montez Ford. All I know is that if I were taking this, I would want Tyrus to be as careful with me as possible. And if that meant knees first, hell yeah, man. I don't want to die, because I get squished. Number six, Kelly Kelly in running the ropes. I am becoming that guy now, but I run the ropes a lot, and I tell you, it is no picnic. Aside from the fact it hurts a lot at first, you need rhythm, timing, poise. It is so easy to get your footwork wrong, so acting like everyone is going to be able to do it is not fair. You've got to work at it like all aspects of wrestling. And sure, the likes of Steve Austin used to attack them like you wanted to break through to the other side. When that's the bar, you will notice those who take it a little bit easier. Cue Kelly Kelly. Now, it did seem as if she thought they would attack her if she bounced into them with too much force. But again, remember how she was quite literally learning on television? Wouldn't you rather take this a tad easier before you executed a Hurricane Rana rather than come flying towards the center of the ring and go splat? Exactly. It is fair to say she could have worked at this part of her craft, but I really think a lot of us have forgotten that wrestling is super difficult, which is one higher up the line than very difficult. Number five, Vince McMahon and the stunner. And man, I wouldn't want it any other way. When Vince took what should be his last stunner at WrestleMania 38 and it turned into a farce, I was the happiest man on the planet. I don't know what happened here, but it was like trying to chase a chicken as Steve Austin desperately tried to grab McMahon and couldn't because he was all over the place. This just seemed to be the way too, as it happened time and time again over a 20-year period. I mean, Vince was over 50 years old when this started, so that could tie in, but I don't care. If wrestling is meant to put a smile on my face these leave me in tears i just don't get how they could go so wrong it is fair to say that linda took them worse but she took what like one in 30 years you can get a pass for that whereas the chairman of the board decided he would make this a constant I love it. Number four, Kane and selling the pedigree. Mostly because he's massive and likely didn't want to die. I mean, think about it. Kane is six foot ten or whatever it was, and when facing Triple H, his head would be put in the game's legs, who would then jump backwards and plow his face into the mat. It's hard enough if you're of normal height, but at this size, Glenn Jacob must have been worried about repercussions, as nine times out of ten, he always fell to a knee first. Now, I don't blame him, but it did take away from the impact of the move. The whole point is that it's a brain buster, whereas this one was more about hurting somebody's leg. Kind of made it even more ridiculous when it defeated the Big Red Machine but here's the secret. Kane was never hurt that much in a massive career. No wonder people say he's smart. Number three, Vince Russo and booking. Yep, you heard it. This one feels a bit like prodding the bear because over the years, Vince Russo has become the poster boy for anything going bad. It's only right to remember he had that period during the Attitude Era when he was clearly a big reason as to why the WWF was so successful, and many a wrestler have thanked him for his help. Then he went to WCW. The problem here was Russo was so obsessed with the idea of the work shoot that everything became a work shoot, meaning nothing was a work shoot. 
was just nonsense. It also undermined the whole card because he was actively telling you that everything was fake apart from the real backstage stories that were happening in front of camera, and it was anti-wrestling. Once every now and then is fine, but 100 times a week was overkill. It would be like every performer on the roster walking out on Dynamite and doing a promo like MGF did in May 2022. By the fifth one, you'd be bored and well aware of what was going on. Also, Vince Russo booked a Judy Backwell on a forklift match, and there is no excuse for that and there never will be. Number two, Triple H and promos. Right, there is no point me pretending otherwise. I think this is ludicrous, and anyone who thinks it should be shot out of a cannon into some pillows. I don't want anybody getting hurt. Triple H has cut many a fire promo over the years, and all of his stuff with CM Punk in 2011 especially was excellent. I was hooked on every word and believed it as much as one could when watching Monday Night Raw. The reason he has been thrown in here is because there was a time around the turn of the century when the King of Kings was given long, old segments where he would talk and talk and talk. It's why The Rock would often do the whole, I am the gamer, and I'm gonna talk because it'd become a thing and the wrestlers knew it. The thing is, aside from someone like a Dwayne Johnson or a Steve Austin, I'm not sure anybody could take a 20-minute talking segment and not have it go on a bit. So pointing the finger at Triple H seems a bit mute. There have definitely been far worse promos throughout the year, so I am drawing a line under this one, and we're moving on. That's right. The one, Stephanie McMahon being a heel. This one needs clarity, so to start, Stephanie McMahon was an excellent bad guy. She had the walk, the talk, you wanted to see her get hers. She took everything her dad had done and proved that it just existed in the gene pool. The problem was... She never got her comeuppance. Ever. Whether by accident or by design, Stephanie would destroy baby faces as she should have done, but when it was time for them to finally get their own back, it never arrived. We just moved on to someone else, and that's not the way. The whole point of being a heel is to get the good guy over. The exception to this rule was Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 34, and look how good she was at that. If we had only done this for a few others we'd be having a very different conversation right now. It is standard storytelling at the end of the day. Act like an idiot and eventually you fall. I'm not sure WWE remembered that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. 
Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW.